to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. I'm April Colburn, and I'm the editor of In Style Parties, the complete guide to easy, elegant entertaining all year round. completely revised and updated edition of the top-selling book from InStyle and Time Inc. Books. This is the must-have resource for anyone looking to host chic parties without stress or guesswork. So the bar situation always boggles my mind, especially in a small New York City apartment where I don't have room for a proper bar. Let's kick things off with your tips for a fun, limited bar. I actually also live in an apartment where my bar is limited to my bar cart. So I completely get the need to streamline the amount and type of alcohol I keep in stock. Um, So for starters, you should always have wine on hand if you're hosting a dinner or cocktail party. Um, A typical 750 milliliter bottle of wine will pour about five glasses. So keep that in mind as you plan. Um, I personally love red wine, so I normally keep a Merlot or a Pinot Noir handy, Um, but white or rosé wines are perfectly fine um, as well, and especially in the summer, it's best to have white or rosé available. Um, Some guests, especially men, will prefer beer to wine, so it's great to have at least one type of beer kept ice cold on hand, Um, and if you offer more than one type of beer, just be sure that they're very different in flavor to make it really worth having the option. Um, so, for instance, a malty stout will pair nicely with, say, a light, crisp lager. Um, a more bitter or hoppy IPA will balance a tart and funky sour. Um, so just think through the flavor profiles and how to, how to vary them to cover all your bases. And using a local craft brew is always a great option. Um, and then as for liquor... Gin, vodka, tequila, whiskey, and rum are really the tried-and-true staples. Um, They really do form the foundation for dozens, if not hundreds, of drinks. Um, Of course, if you have other favorite liquors, say scotch, or if you have a signature signature cocktail, um, like a sidecar that calls for brandy, you can certainly include those liquors as well. Um, And again, as a good rule of thumb, as you're planning through your menu, a 750-milliliter bottle of spirits will make about 16 drinks. Um, and then finally, mixers and citrus are just as important as the liquor itself is. It's essential to keep fresh lemons and limes on hand. So many drinks call for them. Um, and then for mixers, you should have club soda or tonic water as well as regular soda such as Coke or ginger ale. Um, you can also sub for diet soda if you prefer Um, And then juice, such as orange juice or cranberry juice. Um, So in general, just let the tone of the evening and the menu dictate what you offer. It's better to offer wine and beer and just one or two really great cocktails than to try to accommodate cocktail preferences, all the cocktail preferences that your guests might have. I love that you have a bar cart, so you can just kind of move it around. Yes, it's ideal because I can move from our living room or to our dining room, you know, wherever, wherever the party's happening. So food plays the starring role at the party. And in the book, you suggest that we first figure out how our guests will eat. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Yeah, so it's really important to think through if your guests will be sitting or standing when they eat. If you're having a group of, you know, maybe six or eight people for dinner, they'll probably be sitting at a table. But if you invite 
20 people or more. Some will be sitting at tables. Some will be standing probably around a high boy or a bistro table. And then perhaps some will even be sitting on a couch without a table at all. Um, And all this matters because depending on whether guests are sitting or standing, whether they're holding their plates or can rest them on a surface, you'll really need to adapt what food you serve to best accommodate them. Um, So, for example, if your guest won't have access to tables, um, then don't serve them like a pork tenderloin or something where they'll need to use a fork and a knife. It's really hard to hold a plate and also use a fork and knife at the same time. Um, So if guests will be standing and eating, um, serve them foods that only require one utensil or even no utensils, just finger foods. The next excellent tip is to buy frozen hors d'oeuvres, which I love. And also don't serve fish. Why shouldn't we serve fish? (laughs) Don't serve fish because you have to serve it almost immediately after it finishes frying or roasting. And that kind of timing is just stressful. Um, You don't want to be standing over the hot oven cooking when guests are arriving. And as we all know, sometimes guests are late and you don't want to have to worry about reheating or adjusting the cook time for them. What should our party-ready pantry look like? Well, always keeping a few staple foods in your pantry will allow you to graciously pull together a snack with just a few minutes of warning. Say if a neighbor drops in unexpectedly or an old friend is passing through town and wants to stop by. Um, So here are a few things that I like to keep stocked. Um, Smoked or spiced nuts are great. Crackers, I love multigrain. Um, Sliced baguette is a great thing to have on hand. You can actually freeze the slices um, in freezer bags and then defrost and toast them when you're ready to serve them. Um, uh, Olives are great, especially the can type. Um, You can eat them just as they are. You can serve them on crackers or bread. Um, Finally, dried fruits and fit, like figs or apricots, are really great for keeping on hand. And then also think about having some desserts on hand as well, like biscotti or cookies. Um, I love gourmet dark chocolate. There's just something really delightful about being offered an exotic chocolate when you visit someone's home. So I always try to keep that on hand. Um, I love a great cheese board as well. So I'll keep brie or goat cheese um, as well as charcuterie in my refrigerator for that. Um, So really with just a few staples like this, uh, the only other thing you might need is a pretty platter or a board Presentation really makes such a difference when you're hosting people. Um, So arrange whatever food you have on hand on a pretty piece and serve it to guests, and they'll be totally amazed that you pulled together something so easily. In this book, there are 15 unique celebration ideas from a 4th of July picnic to a woodland baby shower. What's included with every party idea in the book? Um, So each party has a ton of features that are in every single one. So each party has a customized menu of recipes, including a signature cocktail, which is really fun. Um, Each includes an inspirational invitation. Um, And readers, for the most part, can purchase the exact invitations shown. But really, they're mostly meant to just jog ideas so that readers can take the concept and make it their own. Um, Also, for each party, there's information given for how to create the perfect party look. We touch on elements like what flowers to buy, how to decorate the table, how to create a centerpiece, what color palette to use, and we give notes about the menu. 
also for each party, we offer either an activity that guests can participate in at the party, or we suggest a take-home gift for hosts to offer their guests. So, for example, um, the activity that comes from the Woodland Baby Shower um, is that we suggest setting up some sort of table or station where guests can get together and create their own whimsical crowns made with items from the forest. So calling for, you know, ribbon and cotton spun mushrooms and faux silk flowers. Um, And then an example of a take-home item comes from the spring dinner party in the book. Um, And we inspire readers to give their their party guests these tiny potted succulents, which is just such a cute little take-home item for them. Um, And then there's just a couple other features that are also included in every party. One of them is the countdown, which gives readers a timeline of what to do when as they get ready for the party. Um, So, for instance, what to do three weeks out, a week out, um, the morning of, and then even as guests are starting to arrive. And then finally, the shortcut feature gives tips for simplifying party prep or cutting down on prep time. Let's focus on New Year's Eve, which is coming up. I find hosting a New Year's Eve party particularly stressful because I want everything to be perfect for the last soiree of the year. Yes, so I get that. Over the weekend, I put together the New Year's Eve cocktail party menu that you can see on my Cookery by the Book Instagram. Um, so let's set the scene for New Year's Eve. What should we focus on first for the decor and the flowers? You should really think about a gold and white palette. Um, Metallics like gold and silver are classic colors for New Year's Eve celebrations. And in the New Year's Eve party in the book, we pair gold and white together to give the scene a real timeless and fresh quality, something that makes this party something that you can do every year. Um, So you should start by laying a crisp white tablecloth and then layer on top of it gold accents, Um, And in this way, the white tablecloth really acts as this great um, canvas backdrop from which your gold accents will pop. So the way that we bring in gold accents um, is through mainly through the serving pieces that we use. So, you know, a gold platter here, a golden rimmed bowl there, um, different types of serving utensils that are flecked with gold. Um, We use a, a gold colored ice bucket to ice champagne. Um, and then we have these really awesome champagne glasses that are flecked with gold. Um, and these aren't pieces that you have to go out and actually purchase yourself. Really anything that you find that you already have or something that you can borrow from a friend is, is great as well. Um, and if it sounds like a lot of gold, it, it is a lot of gold. But that's why bringing in white is so helpful. It softens the look and it provides some visual rest. Um, and then we, so we also incorporate some white serving pieces as well, such as marble platters or matte white pottery. Another thing that is really helpful when you're thinking about decor is bringing in um, interesting shapes and textures. So we brought in geometric shapes into this um, New Year's Eve party um, because geometric shapes really echo the same sort of modern and like art deco style that the metallic colors do. Um, so for our table, we brought in a geometric gold handle, candle holder and also cocktail napkins that have a similar golden kind of geometric flair. Um, so just objects that bring in some interesting pattern to break up all the solid gold and white is really helpful. As for flowers, um, we also did 
some gold. They're actually not true flowers. They're just large leaves that we spray painted um, with gold spray paint. Um, really any kind of large, thick leaf will work. It's like a magnolia leaf or a sago palm frond, anything that's just big and sturdy. I found all of my gold utensils and plates at Party City. That's the great solution, actually. You don't have to go out and purchase something that's expensive. So for the punch, I made Marquis punch. Describe that. Well, that punch is very sweet and bubbly. It contains this lambic beer, which is really just a fermented beer. So it has a tart and funky taste. Um, it also contains Prosecco and then some great fruit. It has orange and pear slices, um, has crushed raspberries. And those raspberries give it this really beautiful, brilliant red color. An appetizer that always wows are blinis with caviar, and I didn't have time to make the homemade blini, so I used the store-bought, but you have a great shortcut suggestion of thick, rich potato chips. I mean, it's great to have, you know, a list of every single thing that you could do if you had all the time in the world, but a lot of us are crunch for time, so... We really wanted to include some handy shortcuts. Next on the menu were the lamb meatballs with arugula pesto. This was an easy-to-pop-in-your-mouth dish when you have a drink in your hand. It's great for a party like this New Year's Eve cocktail party where guests will be standing and mingling. So the herb tartines were a different take on bruschetta and very, very light. Describe them. So for the herb, herb tartines, we used um, a bunch of fresh herbs that we chopped. So we have basil and Cherville, which is a French parsley, um, and tarragon. So we chopped all that up, and then we mixed it with arugula and Shea's Pecorino cheese, which is this hard cheese with a salty, nutty flavor. And then we spread all that on top of toasted whole wheat baguette slices. So mini food is perfect for a party, and the dessert is the mini cherry cheesecakes with Oreo crust. I love those, and they're super cute, too. Um, They're basically these mini cheesecakes that you make in a muffin pan. So you start with a layer of crushed Oreos on the bottom, and then you top it with a simple cheesecake layer, and then you finish it with this beautiful cherry bourbon sauce. It's, It's super amazing and tasty. There's a handy countdown guide with each party idea. Walk us through the New Year's Eve party countdown. So we started six weeks out with the invitations. And you said in the book uh, we can purchase the exact invitation. So most of these invitations came from a paperless post. So you can actually go on to paperlesspost.com and um, search for just these different types of parties. And um, we didn't include the label that they include on paperless posts in the book, but you can type in keywords like winter party or New Year's Eve party, and um, you'll see some of these pop- these options pop up. Some of them might have gone out of um, current availability, but there's dozens of great options there as well. Three weeks out, buy all the tabletop items and figure out your outfit. I find that the outfit part is usually <laughs> the hardest thing. Do you have any outfit tips? So right now, um, sequins and shimmer dresses are all the rage, which is actually perfect for this New Year's Eve party because we have a gold theme. Um, And New Year's Eve is also a party that's typically pretty classy and formal. So don't be afraid to pull out your formal attire and ask guests to do the same. So a nice suit or a tux for a man in a long dress or a short cocktail dress for a woman is 
totally appropriate. But of course, you don't have to make it this formal. Um, the important thing is that you just clearly communicate to guests what they should wear. So terms like you know, festive attire or creative attire really are just confusing. So just be sure that you're very clear in the invitation. If you want guests to wear tuxes and long dresses, say black tie. If you want them to wear suits or a cocktail dress, say cocktail attire. And if it's okay that they show up in jeans, then just tell them it's casual attire. And it really may be good to follow up personally with guests and just give them more information so that they feel more comfortable when they walk into the party. Two weeks before, get your sparkling wine and bar staples. And then two days before, bake the cheesecakes and refrigerate. Start the stage, the buffet, by blocking out space for each item. That's so smart. Yes, I know. I think that that was a great, it's just a great idea. I mean, because you don't want to get to the table and figure out that all of your stuff doesn't fit on it. And the day before, make the lamb balls and pesto sauce. So does this mean we should prepare the lamb balls raw or should we prepare and cook them and then heat them up the next day? Well, either is fine, uh, but since these meatballs only take about 10 minutes to bake, you can leave them to bake the day of the party. Um, But of course, if you're worried about adding that to your list of things to do that day, then it's perfectly fine to bake them the day before, just store them in your refrigerator and pop them in the oven for 10 or 15 minutes um, the day of the party. Three hours, Mm -hmm. put out the snacks in their serving vessels, two hours, set out the floral arrangements. So where would you suggest we put our floral arrangements? Like near the food, not near the food? I always try to put a small arrangement near the food. If you have something that's too big, then it can be a little bit crowded or overwhelming, and you definitely want don't want petals or pollen or anything to fall into the food. But if it's something that's um, like a tight arrangement that's small, it's great to have something on the food table. Um, I always think it's a good idea to also have a small arrangement near the front door where people will be walking in because it's oftentimes the first thing that they'll see. And it's just such a warm, welcoming element to have something like that waiting for them. Um, And then maybe there's one other spot in the room that you're in that you want to add a little bit of um, flowers. So maybe it's the mantle or it's a side table. Um, But I found just having small arrangements in more than one place can really create a more of a cohesive feel throughout your entire home. So we have one hour left. Top the cheesecakes with cherry sauce, 20 minutes left, make the punch, put out the blinis, and five minutes, set out the last refrigerated items, light the candles, and start the music. The best part is if you're at a loss for anything, there's a huge resource section in the back of the book. Talk about that. Absolutely. I love this resource section. It's super helpful. I think we have over 100 different vendors and stores that we talk about. Um, And we give options for places to find invitations, desserts, um, bar items, coffee and tea, even cheese and prepared meats. Um, And then we also have a, a section devoted to decor and specialty party items that you might need to buy. So really, um, If you don't have a great place around where you live and you're kind of at a loss to where to look for some of these items, this resource section is just super handy. Most of these places, if not all of them, will deliver food through the mail so or deliver the, you know, the products that you might order for decor. So it's something that can be used all over the country, no matter where you are. 
Tell us a little bit about the chefs and the tastemakers who contributed recipes to this book. We feature recipes from lots of chefs and tastemakers all over the country. Um, Some of them are Alex Guarnaschelli. She was on Chopped um, in Iron Chef America. Josh Haybiger is featured in the book, and he is a chef out of Nashville at the Pinewood Social. Sarah Beth Levine of Sarah Beth's Kitchen um, is in the book. She's a James Beard Award winner for her outstanding pastries. Um, Another Iron Chef America contestant, Mark Forgione, is in the book. Um, We also feature Frank Falsinelli and Frank Castronovo, who wrote the book Frankie's Spuntino Kitchen. So really, we have a wide breadth of just talented chefs who um, have contributed recipes to make this book amazing. We also have just a couple of tastemakers. Donna Karen, who's a fashion designer, contributed a recipe, and Alexis Batar, who makes jewelry, also contributed her recipe. Um, so a, a wide range of people and a wide range of chefs that they've included to make this book really have something for everyone and every occasion. Where can we find the InStyle Parties book on the web and social media? So the book can be found on Amazon.com and then also whatever bookstores um, around you. Um, there's, you know, sold at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, really wherever great books are sold, you can find our book. And then on social media, um, at Tiny Books is our, is our handle across all of our social media platforms. Thanks, April, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. And here's to a happy new year. Thank you, Susie. It was great to be on. Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book, Twitter as I am Susie Chase, and download your kitchen mixtapes, music to cook by, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book, and as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts.